0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370. lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill.
0: Good afternoon, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Today, we will chat about Texas' pro-gun stance. The biggest pro-gun legislation out of Texas is a knife bill. Are you freaking kidding me? This is why Texas is the 26th pro-gun state in the U.S., Well, I received a few phone calls from parents that were concerned and wanted to arm their kids with some type of weapon so they can defend themselves against Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick since he's dead set on looking down their kids' pants. Hashtag bathroom bill. Also, you know, personally, I think that we need to focus on roads like what the governor said in his campaign commercial listen to this
2: a guy in a wheelchair can move faster than traffic on some roads in texas i'm greg abbott and my plan adds billions for new road construction without raising taxes fees or tolls we pay for it by ensuring that money dedicated for roads will be spent only on roads and no more taking highway funds by the legislature to pay for their pet
0: projects elect me And I'll get Texas moving. Well, Governor, let's stop acting like a bunch of pedophiles and get out of the bathroom and worrying about what's going on in people's pants. Let's focus on education, where the lotto funds are going. And I agree with the governor. Let's get Texas moving. Also, gentrification, Austin, Texas. Is it just economic growth? And property owners' rights or erasing black culture. Artists' murals being painted over. Well, what's going on in East Austin? We're going to talk about that as well. Before we get to our guests, each May, the United States celebrates a day called Memorial Day. Now, does Memorial Day have a meeting? And what is the history of Memorial Day? Well... Memorial Day was first widely observed in May of 19, I'm sorry, 1868. Uh, The celebration commemorated the sacrifices of the Civil War and the proclamation was made by General John A. Logan. Following the proclamation, participants decorated graves of more than 20,000 Union and Confederate soldiers. In years since World War I, the day has become a celebration of honor, For those who died in all America's wars, as well as those who are veterans and current members of the U.S. military. In 1971, Memorial Day was declared a national holiday. The United States celebrates this holiday the last Monday of Monday. Now, President Ronald Reagan is credited with reviving the practice of honoring Memorial Day and its meaning. One of his famous speeches was given at Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day in 1986. It is important for Americans to take time to remember the sacrifices that brought their freedom. Here are some ideas on how to celebrate this important American holiday. Send a note of thanks to veterans you know. If you know someone who has lost a loved one in battle, offer to help with a household project or help meet a special need they have. Visit a local cemetery and place flags or flowers on the graves of fallen soldiers. Fly the American flag at half-staff until noon. Participate in the National Monument of Remembrance at 3 p.m. Pause and think upon the meaning of Memorial Day. Pray for God's blessings on America and ask for God's protection over all branches of our military. All right, so that's Memorial Day. So just Think about that and let that sink in tomorrow while you're sitting outside having that beer and eating that barbecue. So let me get to our guests inside the studio. We have A.J. Postel. A.J. is going to talk to us about the knife law and what went down at the Texas Capitol. Also, we have Olivia Overtorf. She's going to talk to us about what's going on in East Austin uh, and what in the world is, what is it called, white... White
3: presenting.
0: Presenting. I've never heard that before in my life, but we're going to find out today. So let me get to A.J. A.J., you know, what's we have? We now have a knife bill that actually was passed the Texas legislature uh, this past week. And so tell us about this knife bill and and how this stuff come about.
4: Absolutely, Mike. Yeah, we're just waiting at this point for the signature for the governor And once he signs, the law would go into effect uh, September 1st. And what this law actually does, it basically uh, removes all the prohibitive knife language off the books. It will make uh, daggers uh, legal, double-edged knives legal, uh, buoys, spears, swords, knives over five and a half inches. All that will basically uh, become legal to carry here in the state with uh, one little uh, at exception with uh, knives over five and a half inches. There will be a, just a couple locations where you can't carry a blade over five and a half inches. But other than that, everything uh, will become legal after the governor signs and the law goes in effect September 1st.
2: So I can carry my double-edged microtech.
4: That's right. I know a lot of people are excited now about the uh, double edge uh, uh, getting removed off the books and now being able to carry that. That's a a fantastic victory for Texas. A lot of people um, had no idea that this was actually being passed through. And uh, the news of it spreading like wildfire now that um, it's made it through. um, And it's it's, it's amazing
0: uh, the road that it's traveled to uh, to get passed through this session. Now, there was there was some changes to this bill. There was an amendment added to the bill uh, the day, I guess, two days after the knife attack on UT campus. So we have that that knife incident at University of Texas campus. So then, boom, pops up this amendment. What was that amendment?
4: Yeah, well, basically, um, you know. They were a little nervous. The Arthurs were a little nervous that there was going to be backlash due to uh, that stabbing that we had at the University of Texas. And, and amazingly enough, uh, we, we got this bill passed out of committee the day before the stabbing, thankfully, because it would have probably hindered it uh, greatly at that point. But th- due to uh, a little bit of backlash and fear of you know uh, it causing a little conflict with getting the bill passed, uh, Representative Dutton um, then wanted to uh, have this amendment and basically that's what I was talking about where it has um, the location-restricted areas for blades over five and a half inches and basically um, there's gonna be a few prohibited places where you can't carry those blades uh, meaning uh, schools, polling places, courthouses, uh, airports past the the Czech security, um, uh, 51% establishments, correctional facilities, hospitals uh, mental hospitals churches amusement parks um and, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, you'll be able to carry, if you choose to, uh, a five-and-a-half-inch blade uh, anywhere anywhere you want besides those places. So this is definitely a, a huge uh, victory for the Second Amendment. I know that uh, knives are often left out of the uh, debate when it comes to uh, Second Amendment issues. And uh, Texas was pretty far behind when it comes to knives as well. But this is uh, a great victory, and there's not much more. Uh, to go to advance knife rights in Texas, where we're leaving off with with this bill. So I'm I'm happy to have worked it uh, all the way through and and to see it pass. And there was no uh, opposition to it all the way through on the way that we presented the bill. And uh, it's a great victory.
0: Yeah, because I mean, you you think back to the 1800s and you're talking about swords and sabers and things of that nature. Uh, so now we're talking about hey, you know, bringing that back, being able to you know actually do this now walk around and carry a sword and a saber.
3: Can I carry my sword?
0: Yeah, you can carry your sword. Yeah. Can I carry two? You can carry two swords. Well, How long do you want it to be? Done.
4: <laughs> well, and the important thing, the, the thing, too, is, uh, you know, there's a lot of areas where you, you're not able to carry your firearm. So this gives you that mean of, means of defense of uh, the, the bladed weapon that you choose to be able to carry, to have that means of protection when you're not able to carry that firearm. So this is, you know, very important. The thing and also, a lot of people not might not be comfortable with a firearm or uh, may not be able to afford that firearm. So this gives... The broad population, a great advantage of uh, taking means of their own personal responsibility for their safety and carrying a, a knife. So-, All right, so
0: this this night, this law goes into effect September the 1st, 2017, as long as the governor signs it, because the governor hasn't signed it yet. And I'm sure he's going to sign it. Um, and but right now, the way the law is, uh, you can't have an illegal knife. Uh, you can well. You can only have an illegal knife at home, to and from your home, your vehicle, inside your vehicles, a premise under control, your place of business, watercraft, boat, travel trailer, camp trailer, truck camper, motorhome, horse trailer, living quarters. Okay, or if it's used in that activity. But then, starting September the first, 2017, then we will no longer have illegal knives unless you're 18 and under. Correct. Under supervision.
4: And that only applies supposedly to the five and a half inch or larger knives for the 18 years or or, uh, younger with uh, supervision. um, Then they can carry, obviously, uh, a knife larger than five and a half inches. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. That sounds good. I like that. All right, And then uh, there, there's some other bills also, There's because we're going to get back into the knife bill, because I want to show some of these different knives that we have sitting here in the studio. Uh, you also have uh, Senate Bill 16, which is the, the bill that actually reduced the fee for the license. Um, the governor actually signed that one this week, so that will go into effect September the 1st, 2017. Uh, you also have, um, let's see, there's ones, uh, the one for the employees, uh, who are employees of a school, and that's Senate Bill 1942, which would allow employees who actually have a license to carry handgun who work for a school to be able to leave their firearm in their vehicle. And I use that word specifically firearm because it's not just about the handgun. So but they will be able to leave their firearm in their vehicle as long as they have a license to carry handgun. Uh, in their vehicle, in the parking lot of a school. So they'll be able to do that as long as the governor signs that. And then that will go into effect September the 1st of 2017 as well. And then also we have, man, got some other stuff. Uh, Senate Bill 349, which which clarifies the gun-free school zones. Now, I think that's still in the working. It's still in play. That still has not passed yet. So we're waiting on everything to go through with that. And if that gets the okay, um, see, the Senate passed the bill. The House is likely to pass it. They haven't passed it just yet. So if that gets passed by the House, uh, then we will get rid of that rolling gun-free school zone, uh, get rid of that rolling felony. Because currently right now, if you're an LTC holder, you got your handgun on you and you're sitting at McDonald's and you're eating lunch and a school bus pulls up in the parking lot, kids get off that school bus, they walk into McDonald's. Uh, they're on a field trip, a school-sponsored activity. Currently, right now, you need to leave that firearm or you could be charged with a felony because that's a school-sponsored activity, uh, that field trip. And so this rolling school, rolling gun-free zone uh, bill, Senate Bill 349, uh, once it gets passed by the House, goes to the governor, governor signs it, then we'll get rid of that and everything will be fine. So we still got some more some more to do. Sonny dies not until uh, Monday. Tomorrow, uh, the last day of session uh, will midnight unless we have a special session. So we'll see what happens. All right. So we're talking about Texas pro gun stance. We're talking about the bathroom bill. We're talking about knife rights. We're talking about gun rights in the state of Texas. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It.
2: This is State Representative Jonathan Sticklin, and
5: you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 1370.
1: Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk 1370. Let the tweeting begin. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. The right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now
0: here's Michael Cargill. Alright, we're back talking about Texas Pro Gun Stance. Uh Texas is the 26th pro gun state in the United States. That means that we are behind Vermont. Bernie Sanders, of Vermont. Do you believe that? Absolutely. That it's it's insane. Alright, so uh now let's there's other there's another bill that we did not talk about, and that's and I want to thank Brett. Bring Brent, I'm sorry, Brent McCain, for bringing that to our attention. And that's going to be House Bill 435. Uh, House Bill 435, that is the one that I'm going to have to read this bill because, honestly, Brent, I don't remember what this bill is. But I know there's an amendment that was added to the bill uh, that actually passed. And the governor has to sign it that allows EMS, fire and EMS to carry with a, uh, a license to carry handgun. So we, we have to read this one because that's a it wasn't the original bill. That was proposed. It was an amendment that was added to another bill that gives the EMS uh, the permission to carry, and uh, and that was something that someone was asking earlier today, and we just could not remember that bill number for anything in the world. But that's House Bill 435. So we're gonna have to read through that and see what's going on and how all that stuff is broken down. Okay, but I want to. I do want to go back to um, to AJ and talk about how this knife bill. Uh, what were you know the the there's some hard steps you know, to getting this stuff passed because for some reason, you know, whenever they had that knife attack uh, on UT campus, you know, things just all of a sudden went, you know, left. And it looked like this bill wasn't going to happen because of that. You know, it happened within days of this bill. I think the day before, or day after it went to committee. What was it?
4: It got passed out of a committee the day before uh, the, the mass stabbing had happened. And the good thing about it is is uh, at the start of this bill, I had a game plan of keeping it under the radar. I did not want to publicize uh, this knife bill and post it on uh, our, our gun rights page and, and, and broadcast it out because I thought uh, we had a fair chance of actually winning uh, the Democrats over on this uh, by, by pitching it as – you know, we're creating uh, Texans into criminals by the mere possession of something that they're legally allowed to own and have, but having it on them out in public, they're all of a sudden a criminal. So it's targeting, you know, specific communities and stuff like that, that uh, they may not understand the gray area with uh, the ambiguous uh, language that the law currently has. And we're just uh, merely creating criminals out of um, the possession of something. And I said to them that you should only be a criminal with a criminal act. And uh, that's really what helped push this through um, with the stabbing that happened. The only discussions that we had bes- behind the scenes was actually from the Republicans that were worried about this bill. But as it went through the floor votes and, and back to the committee again and then back to the Senate for the votes, um, each time with the uh, the House votes, we only had one nay against it. And in the, the, uh, the Senate, we only had one nay against it. So it passed pretty much unanimously uh, uncontested. There was nobody that came out and spoke against the bill or anything. The biggest issue really that we saw was the uh, political mudslinging with uh, the House and the Senate trying to kill each other's bills and the race against the clock to get this bill passed. And actually, uh, this bill, we were very lucky to get it passed because um, it was on the local and uncontested bills the last day on the calendars uh, for that in the Senate. And we got it passed with less than two hours remaining on the clock. Mm-hmm. That's how close this bill came to dying. And thankfully, we have this monumentous uh, victory that I believe is uh, one of the, the greatest uh, Second Amendment victories that the state of Texas had in 20 years. Why do you say that? Well, it it, it makes what was prohibited – completely off the books at this point yeah we've got open carry pass but that didn't grant anybody an extra right or an ability to carry it just removed the fabric off of um something you could already legally carry around you're just removing the fabric this completely you know opens up a whole new section of the second amendment that um uh it it gives the ability people to defend themselves uh, a much more broad um, area, uh, whereas, you know, not, uh, the guns and stuff you can't carry in all these different areas and, and so forth. Whereas this opens up, you know, your daggers and all these prohibited items that, uh, people are getting, in my opinion, wrongfully charged with in some cases, felony charges just for having this, this, you know, item on them. So this is a very mon- monumental, uh, victory that really flew under the radar and, and, you know, I, I can't wait for the governor to sign this bill and to go into effect. I know I've gotten a pour of outreach of many Texans across the state that are super excited about this bill.
0: And and I don't know if people know this or not. And, and you need to ask your, your instructor, LTC instructor, when you're sitting in class uh, that in order for you to be able to have an, an illegal knife on you right now, you have to have a handgun on you and have the license on you. Then you're exempt from 4602. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's actually located in 46.15 and non-applicability on the Texas Penal Code. So, you know, with the license on you, the handgun on you, you can actually have an illegal knife. But, you know, basically what that means is you cannot go to the knife fight without the gun and the license. (laughs) So you got to have the gun and the license in order to go to the knife fight. But when this bill is signed by the governor and it goes into effect September 1st, 2017, then that's no longer true. Anyone. Can have an illegal knife in texas thank you
4: uh democrats for pushing this bill through like i said it was <laughs> the republicans so i want to I want to applaud it. isn't that
0: amazing wow it's, it's been man. an interesting uh, uh session the, the most the most pro second amendment gun bill that we got passed in the texas legislature was wielded and pushed by democrats 100 wow 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 let me say that again the <laughs> the the biggest 2A bill that we got passed this session was pushed by Democrats. There was one that is that is correct. Was, there was one, neighbors. one one nay one out of one hundred and thirty one
3: representatives.
0: Um, Who is the author of the bill? Fruyo, Representative Fruyo. He's a Republican out of Lubbock, right? I think he's a Republican I f- I out I of use, Lubbock. I forget his district. Fruyo. Fruyo. OK. All yeah. right. All right. All right. So. All right. So, uh, man, hey, man, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's. And That is it. All right, so I'm looking at this House Bill uh, 435, the one that talks about the first responders, um, and I'm still going through this. It's really going to take me uh, really honestly another day to go through this. I need to cross-reference some other things. I need to look at 4601. I need to go back and forth um, and look at um – uh, section 773.003 of the health and safety code. Uh, I got to look at 46035 and like, like I so I, I really have to break this stuff down to make sure that I understand I'm not missing anything uh, But someone asked me earlier about some type of extra training additional training that goes along with this and honestly I don't see that and I'm gonna do a control F here. I'm gonna type in training. Nothing comes up I'm gonna type in hours nothing comes up um, so 20, because I want to say 20 hours. Okay, I got to say 20 there. Uh, has this passed the uh, third passage of Senate? Where is this bill sitting as, as it is right now? All right, so House Bill 435, the one with the first responders, actually, yes. That has actually gone ahead and passed the House, and it's been sent back to the Senate again. So, so it's waiting for a sen- vote. It passed vote the House. The it passed the Senate. It's gone back to the House, and it's gone back to the Senate again. So this bill is now, yeah looks like it just needs to be sent to the, the governor's got to sign it. That looks like that's what we're we waiting on. So All right. So that that's looking really good. All right, so let me change gears just a little bit and let's talk about what's going on here in um in Austin, in East Austin and with oh, gentrification because there's a lot of stuff that's happening with uh murals and a lot of some people are, are upset because
3: You could say that.
0: What's happening is you have new businesses that are moving in. OK, um, like let's say you start a business and let's say because I'm going to be devil's advocate here. You start <sighs> a business. That's right. I'll start. I'm, that's right. I'm taking I'm going. I'm coming that's at right. you. I'm coming for you. You. <laughs> um, you start a business. OK, and no, I decide that, you know what? I don't like, you know, what's painted on the outside of that business. And so I decide to cover over it because it's my business.
3: Correct.
0: OK, so that's that's the right of the business owner. And what's happening in East Austin? You have some of these murals um, that are in the in East Austin, which is the Black community. New business owners are coming in; they're buying these places or leasing them, and they're painting over them, and you know, putting other things up, or maybe just painting them white or whatever, and taking the stuff down because it's it's old or faded and it hasn't been updated. Mm-hmm. So, and and some people are upset because this is happening. All right, so so let's back up and you know what happened you know a couple of weeks ago.
3: What happened was. Um well, actually, uh, just to clarify, you don't have the right to just do whatever you want in a traditional neighborhood district.
0: Okay. Why not?
3: Um, those districts are actually protected by a separate book of city codes, and they've not really been challenged in city codes. Is there councils. a punishment
0: for it if I do paint oh, yeah.
3: over it? Oh, yes, okay. there is. Um, not to mention standard city code violation, like you know, not having a permit to paint, uh, not having... Uh, environmental control, loose wiring, things like that. So all those things require permits. So we could start there. Um, and at so some, you mean you
0: tell me as a business owner I don't have the right to, you know, to paint the outside of my building? Not when you're in a traditional
6: to. neighborhood district, yeah. I, I own a business downtown, and, and I can answer your question please, please, agree with her. My my The building I'm in is a historic building. Yep. And so we had to go through the historical committee and – show them what color exact yep. shade and they say yes or no and sometimes and I personally find the I, I get it but at the same time I find it a little arbitrary. it's a matter of someone's personal opinion because they they get to decide, okay, it can be red but I don't want that shade of red. I want this shade of red and so yes and I, I like right now I'd like to paint the front of my building because we've changed the name, but I hold off because it is such. A long, arduous process. It is. You Get have to ask system. for permission. Oh, and you yeah. have to go before the committee. Committees and, 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 and all kinds of good stuff.
0: So it's like a, a homeowners association kind yeah. of It is. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, you
3: can't just, you know, come on in and do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, this specific. Mural, and does
0: that sound right to you? Honestly. Because that, that doesn't it, sound right to me.
3: Well, you know, uh, for me, let me back up just a second, because a lot of people will have a. Not understood why I became such a center force in this. And uh, when I was 16, I lived on the streets and I slept behind 12th and Chicago and I felt safe there in my car. And so I am part of the community. Um, and someone mentioned me, to me the other day that I was white presenting. What and does that mean? I, you know, I present as white. <laughs> I'm I must be black
0: presenting. Then. You're
3: black presenting in the gun world. Come on now. Okay. Um, And, you know, I don't have to go around and show people like pictures of my parents, but I'm actually Chicana. If you look from the waist down, you can see it. Um, So, you know, not that I'm offended, but it's a little exhausting when we have definitions of definitions of definitions. And then we talk about racism and, you know, the more we add definitions to the racism, the more hyper focused on you know,
0: and somebody said they're from Missouri to show me state show. But go ahead.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's just kind of like the battle of the whole issue became that is a traditional uh, neighborhood district and it is historically black. Um, Chicón Street was, you know, further down towards Seventh Street. There's a lot of Chicanos and Latinos down there. And. Um, and the preservation of that area has been a long process and there's several.
0: OK, I'm going to be devil's advocate again because oh I, yeah, I'm just going to do it because I, I, it kills me. Because if you want if people are so concerned about, you know, that area being preserved then you know what, what you should do is you should buy one of those buildings. You should start exactly. a business and move into that. Business, Absolutely. You know, and and, and preserve that area. You, you're 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 talking about you. You've let it run down. So someone else has come in. You've sold it. Someone's bought it, and now they're starting a new business. They should be able to grow, uh, and you just have to deal with it because you let it go.
3: Well, and I don't disagree with you with that. I know that you know you can research a few of the developers, and I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but the way they dealt with the business under dealings was very very not okay, and it happened with. In the confines of the law, it happened, you know, with a lot of money and underhanded dealings. So besides everything else that's happened, the way those businesses got taken out of black ownership was really probably, you know, something that I know that there's actually people writing research papers about and things like that. So um, that beyond this being a traditional neighborhood district uh specifically in austin it has a deep historical value for a lot of people in austin um this wall had a mural that was done and 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 it the mural had only been up for three years and um this artist painted it on his own free time uh with his own you know materials it was a romani gallery if anybody remembered that from a while back and uh you know, he did everything by himself, and the the neighborhood really appreciated the mural itself. What well, it was there before? The Romani Gallery. I don't it was, remember. There's it was a, nothing. It's probably was just like, a... yeah, it was an actual art gallery and okay. um, a couple of but bars. What was painting
0: so. on the wall before?
3: Oh, I don't think there was Anything? much. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing significant. Probably another... So it's,
0: it's only been up three years, so it's really not that big of a deal.
3: Oh, I'm about to jump <sighs> over the...
0: Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only three years. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, well, we got I got a knife to protect myself.
3: I. Um, <laughs> well, It's a big deal because when you grow up, you know, as a minority, I mean, I'm biracial, so it was really hard for me. I mean, they didn't make half Mexican, half, half white. Cabbage Patch Kids, you know? So when you see things that emulate yours, you know, I mean, Michael Jackson was on the wall. He had Stevie Ray Vaughan. He had Salvador Dali. He had all these really great artists and it was kind of a multicultural, uh, effect to it and like an homage to blues and hip hop and rap and different things. You know, I mean, everybody just really appreciated it, but we didn't appreciate it enough to not even know who painted it. And that Mm. was my first thing I said to the artist, I apologize for not even knowing who you were. I mean, I saw that mural. I never took a picture of it because I never thought it'd be gone. It's something more of like a sentimental value. And um, to have it be painted over with white paint that was so symbolistic of like white takeover. And it was shocking. It happened overnight. And typically, you know, people we always talk about gentrification in Austin, like it just rolls off the tip of these kids tongues and I can barely spell it. So I don't know how easily this has gotten into our vocabulary. But the fact that it is easily placed in our vocabulary is a problem, too. Um, And so I always take out the word gentrification. And this is, you know, going back more into cultural giving and you know talk about culture and roots and things like that it's just it was just one of those things that was really special to the people and when you talk about staying in one place for a long time the reason to stay in one place for a very long time for generations and generations is because you want to keep that area home and that mural was part of our home even for three years I mean you know the minute the I love you mural got tagged that I mean it was literally like overnight the whole wall was repainted everything was done it was like all over the news. So what's the difference?
0: All right. So we're talking about murals. We're talking about East Austin. We're talking about Texas brunt, uh, Texas being the pro-gun state. Uh, Did you know that there are 15 million concealed carry license holders in the country? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
2: Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It.
1: Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30, and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30, and 5.30. We make you smarter. Hopefully, it'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370. The The right right choice. choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill.
0: All right. So we're talking about Texas being the pro-gun state, which is actually number 26 in the United States. That means we're in the bottom of the portion of the U.S. as being pro-guns. Um, and when we left on break, we are talking about East Austin and talking about the gentrification of East Austin and, and, and how things are actually going about. Um, and, we're we, you know, this is kind of one of those subjects we kind of disagree on. And that is. And no, someone, you're just wrong. And someone asked uh, the people in that area that want it preserved. And this is in all caps here. Don't have the money to Absolutely. buy a building. Absolutely. Well, you know, you uh, to me personally, I think you should be upset with the person that's selling the building rather than the person that's buying the building. You know, if you're upset about, you know, what that building is being turned into, uh, then don't sell. Now, keep it. Or or, you know, if you if you're concerned about what's happening in that neighborhood, then why don't you get together, put your money together, uh, put your resources together and buy that building and turn it into something and support each other? Because that's what every other nationality does in this country. So if you're upset about what's happening, do something about it. No one's going to do anything for you. Do it yourself. That's just me. (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, com- I'm, I'm coming for you. you. I'm she, coming for you. I'm coming for your soul. She's
4: she biting her
0: tongue. Is she? No, okay. All right, what you got? Go ahead. <laughs>
3: um. Well, you know, I mean, for me, I guess it's a little bit different because we grew up pretty poor and stuff. And, you know, my mom was a teacher and my dad was a teacher and, you know, single parents and stuff, two kids. And yeah. it seemed like no matter what my mom did, she had like three or four jobs. We just could never afford anything. Anything, well, maybe so you, you have to take the
6: money management skills. I mean,
3: I'm sorry, no, I mm, because no. um. So anyway, <coughs> uh, we, you know, there's a lot of people in that situation, and because it's so expensive to live in Austin, I mean, you literally have to have two or three jobs to live by yourself, and even then, you might have a roommate or so. And that area was, you know, there was a lot of vacant lots that just kind of surprisingly got up by builders. #hashtag Eureka, look it up. Um, and they turned into these you know, humongous apartment complexes and McMansions and things like that. And once a few of those popped up, the property taxes went up. Once the property taxes went up, the people that did own the original buildings and businesses on that street couldn't afford their own homeowners their taxes. So they had to move. And once they move, then what's the point of you know trying to run your business if you're driving out from Flugerville or Elgin or wherever it's cheaper to try to maintain your business? It's impossible. I mean, if you have a business that functions on heavy foot traffic, you have to be in your business. And that's you know, the way things happen are not just as simple as, well, why don't you just, you know, improve it? It doesn't work like that. It didn't happen overnight, it's not gonna improve overnight. The thing that we can do is try to support the remaining businesses that are left that are established and black or Latino owned in that area. And uh, I know a lot of people want to boycott all of the um, Rio Rita uh, Las Cruces, which is having their grand reopening today. You know, I don't care what this woman sells in her store because, you know, it's like a $500 pair of shoes that nobody in that neighborhood would ever wear. Or she has a pair of pants that have three legs on them. You know, it's I mean, it's her store. I agree. Like, whatever you want to sell in your store, we all know if you didn't do your research and you think small business retail is going to work in Austin, it's not. And- e-commerce always works better and you know so I, people but that's going to
0: fix itself because if, if, if it's not going to do well then she's exactly not gonna make
3: I, I wasn't you know there was a lot of people at this meeting on Monday uh, a public meeting and the QA, and a lot of people kept attacking her for what she was having in her store and that's they a, and
0: they don't have to do business with her yeah you know, it, and exactly it's, it's simply, I'm like it's, you know fix itself. that's
3: just going to fix itself I, that was irrelevant for me what was relevant was the fact that this mural that a lot of us loved a lot of our kids loved a lot of us a lot of our kids looked up to, I mean, there would be kids walking by and they didn't know who Salvador Dali was. And it would start a conversation about Salvador Dali. Let's be real. Like not a lot of people know who Salvador Dali was and how that relates to hip hop or how that relates to anything. And it was just this artist's impression of what he was doing at the time and going through at the time. And it really helped build conversation and, you know, all the adults in the room, I always say, like, it's I'm not worried about the adults that let this happen. Like you say, like, why did they sell their building? I'm worried about the kids that still live in the area that have nothing to really hang on to. Nothing left. I mean, they see all of these, you know, like hipsters and, you know, people having fun. And there's like two large housing project projects right nearby there.
0: And, and, and some of that stuff is going to have to be a teaching moment. You, you, you really this is when parenting skills come in and say, look, you know, kids. Uh, This is you see this happening here then we we have to take our you know responsibility for our own actions or inaction, inaction yeah. and actually you yeah. know say okay this is what i need you to do to make sure that this does not continue to happen it's right. a teaching moment um but i yes. call i call in number because you guys are typing fast online and i can't keep up but i call in numbers, is 512-643-5483 cuz someone said who is the blonde white woman she doesn't understand how property values work you know call into the show let's I let do. me hear what I you got property. to say it's 512-643- Five four eight three is our call in number. Uh, so definitely call in and 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 let let us hear what you have to say.
5: So it sounds to me like you you don't want more people moving here to Austin because that's basically what just happened is an issue with people moving here. It's that a result it, of that. This actually
3: didn't just happen. It's been the last ten years. It's been really painful the last five years within this district. It's the 12th Street District, and they actually have like a merchant business system, which is like the HOA of businesses mm-hmm. that really should be catching the ball in this like the general public we don't know who's buying property there is an app obviously but or you know there's a way to find out but it happens in a way that's kind of just dirty and gross you know like if people don't have money to pay for their their property taxes and their their small homes and they're struggling and they own a business in this area you know, you you have to pick which one. And it's it's already difficult to own a business in Austin. It's much more difficult to maintain a business that's been there for generations while you're trying to keep your home. Unfortunately,
5: that's, that's not generation. a function of government to sit there and pick winners
0: and losers, though. The they, market actually, does.
3: but they have been. They I mean, because be. the very first housing project ever in the United States is right there.
0: And, and the I very successful. And, first. Evolve, you know, we and your business owner. And we know how difficult it is to, you know, keep up with property taxes, keep up with the, you know, all the different fees and licensings and and, and all that stuff that you have to do. My God, I'm a black guy selling guns in Texas, you know, so I know how hard it is. Trust me. Uh, But let me hear from my co-host here, because this guy, someone and I just lost it. I forget what he said. And they're typing so quick. Uh, Who is the who is the blonde white woman? And she doesn't understand how property values actually work. So tell them who you are.
6: The blonde, white woman who's... Because
3: I'm the, like, non-blonde, white woman. Because... You're white presenting.
6: I'm 100% Italian. I don't know if that makes me ethnic or not, or (laughs) ethnic enough. Was not born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Owns several properties. Has been very successful. So I understand property values. And having not grown up with a silver spoon in my mouth, I understand what it's like to be poor. But I also know that there's always a trail that you can follow to figure out why someone is in the situation that they're in. So I don't have a whole lot of empathy for people who complain about others not doing enough for them. Work 70, 80 hours a week. Don't get your nails done when you can't afford it. Balance your budget, live within your means, and eventually you will come up, you will rise up. That's what I've always done, and it's always been a great mix. There's been times when I've literally only drank water because that's all I could afford. I had my car repossessed. I always worked. I worked 100 hours a week many times in my life. I got a college degree. I've done what I need to do to be successful, and I've never taken one dime of government assistance while being a single mother. Um... So I'm very proud of that. And I and I usually like I said, can, you can find a trail as to why someone's in the situation they're in. They're looking for sympathy, pity. There's a lot of hard workers out there. I think on a different subject, one thing this country should probably do. We talk about education. I deal with so many people that don't know how to balance a checkbook. They don't understand they don't teach anything. it school. Anymore. that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm saying. Instead of all this self-esteem BS that they're promoting in schools, why don't we teach people how to actually live out in the world and be successful? Teach them that hard work does pay off, live within your means, learn how to balance a budget, etc., etc. That's the big problem with the government. It doesn't work within its means, and it trickles down to each individual person. That's why others always want more, but from somebody else.
3: So you're saying this entire community on the east side doesn't know how to balance a budget?
6: I, no, you're, you're, you're doing what a lot of people do. You're saying I'm saying everybody. I said typically, which does not mean everybody. I never used the word everybody. I said typically you can find out the, the reason someone's in the situation they're in. Now somebody buying a building... And converting it into something that makes money is not always a bad thing. And I guarantee you that person that is buying that building at some point in their life, they were working hard and they chose to do the right things to earn a good living. Unless they were born with a silver spoon. in. Their you know mouth. what? Some people are. Some people That's, are. I, I mean,
3: I don't disagree with you. But, you know, we all, I, would, that I, aren't. I also did. I've owned businesses in Austin and this, a similar situation happened to us too on 6th Street. And, uh, you know, the way the deals happen... There is no control over the situation when you're just a lowly old business owner. And so, um, you know, there's other factors in effect. The the thing is, this didn't happen to just one person. This happened to an entire community. And it happened... At a rate that once it started, there was no stopping it. And really, this isn't about you. No it's offense. It's not about it's me. It's about East no. Austin. It's and, about East
6: um, Austin. I agree with you. Okay, so then I don't let's, appreciate people okay, calling so me a white woman, either.
3: Well, I didn't say that. About I didn't you today, say so. you. I have I no mean,
6: problem with you. You should have heard
3: the stuff I was called this week, mm-hmm. girl. You don't even know. Um, so it's really about appreciating culture and heritage and trying to preserve and restore that, and you know, also taking care of art and our artists, but more importantly, Michael Cargill. It's about supporting local business owners, and um, you know, instead of this fight for me, it started out kind of as the visual effect of like not having the mural there because I really like that mural, and I work in the community as a volunteer on my own, I'm not under an organization or an org or any group. I just do it. and I've been doing it for twenty years, so I suggest maybe you go over there every once in a while and try to volunteer because um, it lots really of will.
6: Volunteering in my life by yourself it- at night at
3: midnight. So I really suggest that you just you know maybe take a step back and understand that we're not coming from, you know, this side of town. We're talking about actually being in the troves of East Austin. And for me, it was the actual, just not having the mural there and not having a creative space. And that's kind of like the beginning of communism, you know, uh, removing art. So people don't have something to think about. And that is, that's just the, it's just this specific, specific mural was just the icing on the cake. And it wasn't even about the mural. For me, I kept telling people that it wasn't.
2: We're talking about 12th and Chicone here, right?
3: 12th and Chicone, yeah. There's actually yeah, my, two murals back to back uh-huh. that were taken away within or that were painted over within a week of each other.
2: Yeah, my neighbor told me about how he used to go to that intersection and support local business owners by buying crack.
3: That's right. Uh-huh. You could get cracked well, there. I
4: yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when you, when you made a comment a second
2: ago. You, where, still,
3: you where, can actually get cocaine inside of Rio Rita where, where for free. You,
4: where you said support. So they're
3: not really cleaning up the area.
4: Where, where you said support small business owners. If if the community is so attached to these businesses that are being bought out, then they need to support those small businesses that's and what, keep those alive. Exactly. And that's the key. If they want this still alive in the community, then they need to support that small business and we wouldn't have this issue.
3: And, and I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, if I were to buy a gun today, I would go straight to Michael Cargill, but, um, you know, it's, there's, there's actually just not that far down the street. There's two barbershops that have been there for a long time that are back to back next door to each other and they're successful. They've been there for a very long time and it's all word of mouth and it's camaraderie. So, you know, again, we have to look at just supporting each other And, you know, making sure this doesn't happen again and making sure those businesses stay thriving, you know, in spite of the $500 sandals.
0: All right. So we're talking about Texas pro-gun stance. We're talking about Texas being the 26th pro-gun state. In the United States We're also talking about What's going on in East Austin We're talking about Gentrification You know We we're, we need to support Small businesses You know And I make sure That every day The only businesses I support Are those small business owners I don't go to the Big box stores So you know what I'm from Missouri To show me state Show me This is Michael Cargill And you are listening To Come and Talkin'
3: This is Brittany Glaze And I get my Global gun news From Michael Cargill On Come and Talkin'
1: Texas weather can change on a dime.
4: Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly.
1: When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at talk1370.com. Talk1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill.
0: Now it's time for GGN Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news... Montgomery buyback.
2: In the state of Alabama, Mayor Todd Strange of Montgomery is trying to use a loophole in the law to hold a gun buyback program. State law in Alabama specifically withholds the authority for a political subdivision to hold any type of program in which the entity exchanges remuneration for surrendered firearms, which normally would have ended the mayor's plan to hold such an event. Instead, Mayor Strange denied to circumvent the law the same way it was done previously in Selma and Birmingham. By running the buyback program through the private sector, he can completely avoid the political subdivision language. His declaration came shortly after the city announced plans on another project that would give informants money in order to get information on juveniles who own firearms illicitly. The plans are set to begin around June. Chicago PD Chief on Repeat Offenders Mayor Rahm Emanuel, Chicago's PD Superintendent, and House Republican Leader Jim Durkin are all working on getting SB 1722 passed into law. The bill, also supported by Bruce Rauner, would extend the minimum sentencing for repeat offender of gun laws. Superintendent Johnson said, quote, "It’s the repeat offenders that consistently come back in our neighborhoods and shoot to kill, and if we don’t send a message that we are serious about holding them accountable, then what are we doing? End quote. Other additions to the bill include a task force that would be developed to fight gun violence." As this bill heads toward the House floor, its counterpart has already left the Senate. Texas Campus Parking Lot Carry As the fight for constitutional carry comes to a close in the Lone Star State, Texas legislators come to another decision regarding firearms. A provision was added to an existing bill, SB 1566, that was focused on regulating how school boards would regulate and execute their functions. The provision allows for the introduction of firearms to be stored by staff members of the school in their locked cars while on school property. In the presence of a school event or school activity, however, such as band practice in the parking lot, this allowance would be restricted. The amendment was said to have been inspired by a teacher who worked late and felt they had no means to protect themselves. Childproofing Firearms New York lawmakers have come up with a new process which they believe will help reduce gun deaths among children. The bill, S-3444, would take full effect one year after its hypothetical passing and would restrict the transfer or sale of firearms unless they had modifications to them which would make them childproofed. Senator Serrano, who is pushing the bill, said that the bill is critical to the safety of all New Yorkers.
4: My bill, uh, Senate Bill 3444, will require uh, gun dealers to sell only childproof weapons uh, in the state of New York. Now, one would think that this should be common sense, that there should be no uh, controversy over this. Yet and still, uh, there are many forces who would not like to see these uh, very common sense safety measures be implemented. Some
2: suggestions have included making the frame oversized as to not fit smaller hands, increasing the trigger pull to 10 pounds, stopping individuals with weaker grips to fire the gun, or requiring a series of multiple motions to fire the gun, making it cognitively too complex for the children to understand the operation of the gun. If found in violation of the law, you could face up to a year in prison, three years probation, and a fine upwards of $1,000. S3444 is currently in Senate committee. And this has been your Global Gun News Report for this week of May 28, 2017. And now, back to Michael Cargill in the studio.
0: All right, so we're back talking about the Texas knife bill, which I actually passed. You can now, well, starting September the 1st, 2017, once the governor signs it, you will be able to carry those illegal knives. That's right. Double-bladed, right?
4: That is correct. You Man. can carry double-blade. You can carry knives over five and a half inches. You can carry a sword. You can Ooh. carry pretty much anything Swords? with an edge on it
0: <laughs> going to be legal.
3: Did you hear that? shade
0: Swords. Swords. All right. Swords. And teachers will be able to carry... Uh, Well, we will be able to leave their firearm in their vehicle while it's parked in the parking lot of the schools now, starting September 1st, 2017, once the governor signs that. Um, And so once that goes all the way through and it gets signed by the governor, teachers with a license to carry handgun, that's the key, teachers with a license to carry handgun will be able to leave their firearm in their vehicle in the parking lot of schools or employees of the school will be able to leave their firearm in the parking lot of schools with the license-to-care handgun. And then also, the we're talking about the bathroom bill. Uh, I don't, man, I tell you, I wish the state of Texas would actually focus on you know our roads. I wish they would focus on education and some other things rather than focusing on what's going on in the bathroom. That's not something that our government should be involved in, and that's not something that we need to call a special session for. That's just me and my personal thoughts there. I and also, right now. and also we're talking about uh, what happens in East Austin, talking about gentrification. I'm bringing out the knife. OK, we're going to. Oh, that's right. No. I'm bringing out the knife down. So. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, so let's let me go back to Janai because Janai. Yes. Let's see. Um, yes. I had a. Let's see. I'm not a fan of Franklin's, but I can't be mad at a small business that happened to find a niche in becoming successful because of it. I have a harder time accepting new condos and apartments that gobble up all the land. Um, that's not a question, but you know, what are your thoughts about that? A statement.
6: What are my thoughts about that? Yeah. Uh, as others in the room have said, there's so 11. many people moving here. I don't under, I don't know. Really, know what? what there's the really no way to, There's no way you to fix that. To you Why, have to build condos. Why is there
3: not empty property in Westlake?
6: In where? Oh. There's, there's empty property in plenty so of why places. Why not build over there? But well, I'll tell you why probably. Are you a this builder? Is, I, I, I own properties. My father was a builder, but okay. I'm going to take a stab at guessing. I do read a lot a and, I do, hey, hey, and I hey. do. Stab at guessing. I like um, how she tied that in now. And I do um, work uh pay attention to politics and a lot of different things. My guess would be that most of the people that are living in these condos on I guess it's on the east side is what it's called. Mm -hmm. They probably work close to downtown. I would guess that maybe a lot of them don't have cars, which the younger millennials don't tend to drive as much as previous generations. Um, So if they were to build these condos in Westlake, the more expensive property, it might not fare too well for them because it would take them... So what if we
3: just take, well, I'm not talking what, if we about, just, what if we just move everybody to Westlake and then force Westlake to create jobs for you're, everybody? You're
6: saying Wah, as if I'm talking about the so-called rich people building the condos. I'm not referring to them. I'm talking about the possible tenants that are going to live in these. They are probably they try people. try to build
3: their own businesses over there then.
0: If well, this, want- the same can be said for East Austin
3: well they have they had businesses there before the condos
0: they're selling out okay someone's yeah, asking well, I mean, me I'm not someone's asking me over and over again for you to describe this mural that was mural. actually mural this
3: was a, a mural done by an you artist know I can't named, talk. named Chris Rogers and um he's a really great artist and i've actually only talked to him twice people think god you must know him really well no but he was the first person that i contacted when i heard about uh this Mural being uh, whited out, and it's actually called Whitewash. You should probably look it up. It's a big deal on the news.
0: Um, It was only there for three years, but go ahead. Tell me what it looked like.
3: If you don't... (laughs) Anyway, um, so uh, the mural had a bunch of different musicians and artists, and it actually had, you know, a little bit of everybody's culture that lived over there. There was a Dia de los Muertos mask, which I really appreciated because I didn't see that a lot um, at the time you know, living over there and stuff and hanging out over there. And so there was just things, uh, it was colorful. It was spray paint. It was graffiti. My first arrest was for graffiti art, by the way. And I was 12. So, um,
0: what was it?
3: What the mural? Yeah. There was no title. You, what, what I did mean, it looked
0: like what, what, what did it, did I not
3: describe it? I mean, I can't describe it. It's okay. it's, it was a bunch of different musicians, gotcha. Prince, okay. gotcha. Tupac, uh, Salvador Dali, um, Michael Jackson. I mean, it, Stevie Ray Vaughan was on there. I'm surprised nobody lost it because Stevie Ray Vaughan got just whitewashed right out of there. And so, you know, you can look it up online. If you just type in mural 12th and Chacon, there's actually two. There's the Mama Santa mural, which was um, a black pregnant woman. And that one also got painted up, but it was handled a little bit differently than than the way this one was. Um, The artist actually took a vote in the community for that. And, um, you know, it didn't make it so much better, but... You know, she was commissioned by the uh, property management company or owner. So it was a little bit different. I mean, this one was just something that, it, you know, it was like funky and cool and it was street art and it represented a lot of the community over there. And we really liked it. I mean, we loved it. We didn't love it enough to protect it from going away. I mean, I don't disagree. I actually have apologized to, to him many times. And there aren't there's not like a mural protection agency like, you know, it. Either happens or doesn't happen. And you don't know which mural is actually protected or not. And the city doesn't have a database, really, of anything. But they do have codes and policies in place. And it's unfortunate that no one has taken the initiative to um, use any of the traditional neighborhood district codes to right. stop these right. things from happening. And there's a
0: comment for you on the comment talk it page. I'll let you read it. I can't see it. I can't and see then, it. And um, then my, comment it my, my... page. And then, so, Janai. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, what are your thoughts about all this from a small business owner you know, uh, even though I, I understand that there are rules, is like a, I guess I can say this, it's kind of like a, a business owners association, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where I you have to deal with that. The, you have to follow I, the certain rules.
6: Like I said, I'm in a historical building and um, I have to deal with that.
0: And, that and, ma- and, and from a historical standpoint, that makes sense. It,
6: like-
3: deemed culturally viable by the community, which it has and had been for the past couple of years, it is considered important. Whether you think so, you think so, you think, whether any of us think so, if it was like a landmark or an attraction that the community appreciated, which now we see because we've had meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting with the community and the, the buildings are getting full. They have to move the meetings. The crowds are packed. People are upset. I mean, it's been tagged. It's, you know, it You need to watch, the. you need to like look it up. It is a really, well you looked up, yeah, I mean that's just one article you have to read. It's a big deal for us. It may not be a big deal for you and I always tell people that it may not be a big deal for you. It's a big deal for us and it's a real fight. It's not about actually the mural. It's about the way the system allowed it to happen. And the lack of democracy in Austin, shocking. And Austin tries to pretend that it's super, like, integrated and diverse, and it's not. It's just not. And people need to get over that.
0: All right. We're talking um, about East Austin. We're talking about Texas being a pro-gun state. We're talking about somebody sitting here white presenting. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. (laughs)
5: This is Coleon Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
1: Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael
0: Cargill. We'll add a little culture into the show right here. Yeah, there we go. We'll give it give it back to East Austin. just, yeah, for, just
3: Can just, we just can we just have just a, take that for a few five minutes. seconds for East
0: Austin? Yeah, just for five seconds. There you go. That's what you get, East Austin. Now back to the real world. Snap out of <laughs> it. All right. So we're, we're talking that. about Texas being the pro gun state. Uh, we're talking about knife. The Texas night bill that actually passed, the governor's going to sign it. Uh, and when he does sign it, it will go to effect September 1st, 2017. And we, we do have a couple knives here inside the studio um, And these. Um, well, actually, you got to have a, to have one of these. You, you got to have a license right now and have the license on you and have the gun on you to be able to have one of these for that to be legal. Um, but then starting September the first, you won't need that license. You won't need the gun. You'll be able to carry this now. How can we get one of these nice little holsters for our knives? Wow.
4: Well, if you have a uh, a knife or something you're looking to get a nice sheath for, okay. Uh, sure. I, I I do happen to to, uh, to make Kydex uh, sheaths and holsters and stuff. If you're on the Facebook uh, world, uh, just go, head over to No Surrender Holsters and um, could definitely take care of you on all kinds of neat stuff.
0: Yeah, because I need to, I need to have my. Uh, my, I guess my sheath for my knife, my holster for my knife. I'm gonna call it's a holster to me. On my <laughs> left side, I have my gun. On my right, and I'm good to go. Hey, you said we're we're ranked twenty uh, something. We're in- ranked twenty six in the United States, and 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 that's sad because we actually have over fifteen million license holders in the United States. There are fifteen million license holders in the United States, and Texas, we're number twenty six as being pro gun.
4: But uh, we'll see what happens. We're now. about to be uh, ranked pretty high in Knife laws. You think we're going to come up a little bit well, with, the knife, with knife
0: laws? We will. We won't be twenty something in, in, in the nation with knife laws. Well, hopefully, we get bumped bumped up to number twenty or something. I, I would like to be at least in the top ten. This is Texas, a Lone Star State. Fourteen states that have constitutional carry. Oh, that's right. You're right. Fourteen states have constitutional carry, so we're not going to get. We won't be fourteen. Won't be. We may get fifteen. Hey, wow. Well, no.
4: Well, the Democrats are now uh, uh, liking guns. Maybe I'm saying, we can get some stuff passed. You know,
0: <laughs> they're, they're starting to like guns get on now. Board.
3: Y'all they get on they board. passed this knife it. bill for us. So. Are you
0: telling me that in a pro uh, Republican state that we, you know, we can probably get it done if the Democrats are on board?
3: It sounds like they
0: are. Hey, it's been an interesting session. We'll, we'll see what happens.
5: Go ahead. What you got, Justin? Well, with some of the Republicans we have in the legislature, we might be better off with some of the Democrats, to be honest with you. Ooh, Why do you say that? Zing. Well, I mean, we have a, a, a near supermajority right now in both chambers, and yet here we are passing uh, watered-down gun bills. Mm.
0: Why do you say they're watered-down?
5: Because they are. Look at every single one. Every single one's got some sort of an amendment added to it that weakens it from its original state. Which one? Uh, well, let's talk about the uh, the suppressor one that we talked about last week and about how you know instead of just crossing out suppressors from the Texas penal code they had to go there and reflect what what it already says what it already states on the federal level
0: mm. instead of being a lot better than the federal level they we just came on par yeah. with the federal government
5: and and we had a we had a true constitutional carry bill this session as well they got they got really watered down and the only one that passed out of committee uh, was the watered down version mm. so i mean you know yeah okay second amendment stuff is passing but every bit of it's watered down and a, and a Republican majority, both chambers.
0: But what's the reason for that? I mean, because these are supposed to be, you know, like you said, you know, the, this is a Republican-controlled House, a Republican-controlled Senate. Uh, our lieutenant governor's Republican, our governor's Republican. Why can we get? Why can we not get a pro-gun bill out of this legislature?
5: Because at the end of the day, the Democrats still control the House.
0: Stuff that's huh? how's, that,
5: well, how's that possible? Be, because, of, because of the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. Uh, he's the one who determines what what the makeup of the committees are and who the committee chairs are. And the committee chairs are the ones who determine determine what bills are going to pass out of committee. And mind you, the, the pro-gun so, stuff that's passing is all cleanup bills. You true, know, It's not and, introducing new stuff. It's up bills. To the, even though Joe Strauss is a Republican, he he's elected by a majority of Democrats.
3: Wait, what? <clears throat>
5: All right. All right. Should we have a Speaker of the House that every single Democrat votes yes for or a Speaker of the House? You think that's a little odd that every Democrat votes for Joe Strauss to be Speaker of the House? Because you would think there would be some opposition. Yeah. It should be nothing but Republicans voting for him if we have a Republican majority there.
0: Right, right. If he was but a, it's not. If he was a strong Republican or a strong conservative, exactly. you're and, saying that the Democrats would actually vote against him. So yeah, he's really and, not strong. And,
5: and there, are, there are a few dozen Republicans that rail against him. But every time they do, guess what happens to all their bills? He's not
4: he's a strong person. He's not a strong conservative. He is not a strong conservative at all. How do you feel about uh, Dan Patrick calling out Joe Strauss? How he has been doing these? uh... I like the theatrics,
5: but I'm not convinced that Dan Patrick is
4: is, uh, you know,
5: that much of a conservative either. I mean, did he lift a finger this session to help constitutional carry? No, he didn't because his baby was SB 16. Yeah, and now he wants to call a special session for the bathroom bill, but he ain't calling a special session for constitutional carry? They really the number to one to priority. to let the
3: bathroom bill not be such an issue. And like, we
5: all know what bathroom we need to use.
3: Well, sometimes I gotta pee. I don't have time to wait. I mean, <laughs> the women's restroom at the Capitol is always like 15 deep, and I have used the men's restroom at the Capitol, so I don't care. I don't care. And, and keep in and mind, and now I can take my knife in there. And cons-
5: constitutional carry was the number one legislative priority for the Republican Party, and here you oh. are you you see you see Dem- you see Dan Patrick talking about bathroom bills and not constitutional carry.
3: How does that make you feel?
5: Mm. I think it's obvious how it makes me feel. I don't, I don't like it at all.
3: <laughs> so basically, you would say, as a conservative, you think the Republicans are wasting time focusing on the
0: bathroom bill? Yes.
3: Me? Anybody? I don't know. I mean, because.
0: It is a waste of time. You bills. know that so, might
3: be like the one thing the, conservatives and liberals can agree bill, that's on. The bathroom bill—that's not something
0: that we, that, that exactly. government needs to talk about. We don't need to be focused on. keep in that. mind, the bill that we're talking about only
5: only applies to government buildings. Yeah, and, and that has nothing to do with the public.
3: Bathroom it, it really or gun? Doesn't. I'm confused. Bathroom or gun? The bathroom bill. Oh,
0: yeah. So it's not something so that we need to be focused on. I
3: theoretically cannot use the bathroom at the Capitol and the, the men's restroom.
0: No, you would not be able to if this bill passed. If this bill but passes. I did it. That's okay. <laughs> We'll see you in, in lockup.
3: You know what? I look good in orange. So <laughs>
0: all right, all right. So let uh, me let me finish off with Janai here, and 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 finishing off talking about you know East Austin and businesses and things like that. Because I, I know you were you were saying something earlier, um, and I got a couple of comments here. Uh, someone says I'm sorry, but you keep saying we and us and who elected you, and this is directed um uh, to Olivia here, I stand says, anyone. I'm sorry, but you keep saying we and us and who elected you to speak and represent us, not trying to be a jerk, I swear, but just attacking the blonde girl is annoying.
3: Well, I wasn't attacking her. I was just trying to, I mean, if you don't really know about the issue that's going on, I don't know why you think you can debate about
6: it. I mean. It's not a complex issue. It really is, I asked is, you though. some it questions, and, and, and I feel pretty it pretty solid in, in, in knowing what's well, going on good. now. Um, you're talking about a mural somewhere that was up for three years and you didn't even know who, who painted the mural. No, I I said that at the beginning. I I, I realized that. I actually that goes to show you how important it was to you. Um,
3: it's no, I admit my fault in the whole thing. I admit that I didn't know know, who he was and, and I am not speaking for the entire, all of East Austin. I've said that before and I'll say it again. I just happened to have been homeless on that side of town in the nineties. And, um, So that does have a special place in my heart. And I work with a lot of kids over there. And it is a very painful and sore subject. Maybe you don't think so. I just know what I you see Stop being thinking there. thinking for me. You, you keep
6: saying well, maybe I you don't se- think so. You, said it. you don't know what's in my head. And well, it's offensive it. to hear you constantly say that, okay? I, I know a lot about cultures. Like I said, I'm 100% Italian, was raised very culturally Italian, having parents from Italy. My daughter is half Hispanic, so I was married to a Hispanic man, lived on the border of Texas for 20 years. Okay. The border. I did too. Okay. And so I understand the Hispanic okay, so population. I grew up in North Carolina. <sighs> There's a lot of uh African Americans there. So I, I get it. It's not complex. Uh
3: anyway. Um, so I'm not attacking her. It's just she is like directing at me. I'd rather actually just talk about the mural and how to how can we move forward from here? Um, and I think, you know, we talked about like sustaining small businesses on the east side and making sure the long-term you know black and hispanic business owners on that side have revenue by going there like once or twice a week maybe eating shopping and at the local shops and there's a couple tattoo parlors there's a ton of barber shops so and also on thursdays we're gonna have um a little hangout at swamp daddy's food truck with bobby mitchell and so i hope that you know That'll be one way. We've already solved a lot of problems.
6: So I, I just hope people what, come. I don't. Oh my. I. I no. I want to help you. I. I don't allow any businesses or anybody to put come, any will signage. You come, will you come eat? No. Will
3: you? Will oh, you I, come
6: eat out at eleven? Let her finish. Will though, you let, though, let me let her finish. finish a sentence.
0: Because we got. Go ahead.
6: You bring me any marketing materials, papers that tell me what these businesses are, and I will push people to oh, those places. Praise God. OK, I'm in a prime spot. I'll be happy to do that. I don't allow anybody to put their flyers or anything in my store. I will Y'all do hear that. that.
0: And Thank I'll go there. Know.
6: I will go there. Oh, good. There's some my great daughter food. loves ethnic foods as well as I do. We will go. But let me know what they are. Give me the marketing materials and I will push them. Absolutely. To Thank you.
0: All right. See, and that's how it happens. That that's come how and talking. Then. That's how it happens. So resolution. we're going to. Well, we'll see what happens Um I still say that if you want to, your businesses to do well, you, you you're concerned about that area, you need to buy a business, you know, support that business, you know, don't support the big box stores, that's support right. the smaller stores, you know, those smaller mom and pops, and yes. that's how the community is gonna grow and it's gonna thrive. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening come and talking with Michael Cargan.
1: check in and stay up to date all day long in the car on my way to work heading home listening online keeps you in touch while you work at talk 1370.com get it right now talk 1370
6: anywhere i need the right choice